Welcome to episode 93 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the Disney parks in Asia, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Shanghai Disneyland. And we are coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us at tdrexplorer.com on Twitter and on Instagram at tdrexplorer and on facebook.com slash tdrexplorer where we love to interact and talk with all of you. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Patricia, the official photographer for TDR Explorer and you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at dreamsweetslove. And here is the ever cute and wonderful Chris! Yay! <laughs> Yay! I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer. And I'm the one eating all the seasonal food or drinking all the seasonal cocktails. That's kind of what I'm doing now <laughs> at the parks. And you can find me um, on my personal Twitter at Lover. Okay, so before we get into anything, we're going to talk about our Patreon. And we want to say thank you very much, very, very much to all our Patreon supporters out there. You guys are fantastic and you help keep the show running. And what is Patreon? Patreon allows you to pledge a certain amount of money per month to the podcast and helps us keep it going. And as our thanks, we have different types of perks depending on how much you pledge. So for uh, what, as an example, one of them is if you pledge $5 or more a month, um, you will get access to our episodes 24 hours before everybody else. And who doesn't love early access? Like, come on. And then our most popular one, or one of our most popular ones, is the $15 or more a month. And what does this get you? This gets you access to our bonus episode. So once a month, we put out a bonus episode. And only for those who pledge on Patreon with $15 more get access to it. Nobody else does. So that's awesome. And, of course... Um, you can find us patreon.com slash TDR now. And I also have a link in the show notes. I can't remember. Was it here that we were going to announce our next goal for Patreon? Was it, it this is, episode? It was it this, is episode. this episode. Okay. Yes. It let's was. Do it. Okay. So because you explorers are fantastic, um, we set up another goal on Patreon. So our first one was to um, make up a certain amount and then we would get a new intro for the show, which we have done. And thank you guys so much for that. That's awesome. It's an, it's, it's an awesome intro. It's fun. It's lots of fun. Um, so our next goal is if we reach up to $500 a month, we will include a extra, an extra mini episode per month for you guys. So instead of just having our normal four, we will add an extra episode that is for everybody. And it's a little bonus episode. And we will still do the bonus episode for everyone who pledges $15 more. You guys will still get that. We'll still do it. But we'll do this extra episode. 
Yeah, we'll probably keep it to about 30 minutes. And what this episode will do is we will it'll basically be this big Q&A session. So we'll take in all these questions from you guys and we will talk about it for 30 30 some minutes. Usually we go over. We always go over, but we'll sit and we'll answer your questions because we get tons and tons of questions and we want to answer them all for you. We really do. So again, if we reach our goal of $500 or more, we will add an extra little mini episode every month for you guys. And if everyone that's listening pledges at least $1, we will easily reach that goal. Easily. Because there's a ton of you out there. A ton of you listening. I know there are. There's a lot of you out there. <laughs> I think so. I think you can do it, you guys. Come on, explorers. <laughs> Patreon.com slash TDR now. Okay, let's get on with this episode. So, uh... Trisha, what are we what are we talking about? What are we okay, talking about? Okay, okay. Um, the, so like kind of like the usual, but a little different from the usual. We have our crowd forecast. We have twenty three things you need to know before your trip to Tokyo Disney Resort. Okay, all the basics, you guys. We are, you know, I know sometimes we get like pretty heavy into the details, so we're gonna like, you know, like it's gonna be like, you'll see. It's really fun. Um, we have our park tip, and we have our listener questions. Yay! So, um, let's get started. What's what's the crowd forecast? Yay. So crowd forecast information. We get this from tdrnavi.jp. They have crowd predictions up to six months ahead of time. And they also have crowd predictions for years past. So you can kind of go back and kind of uh, see what the trends were. And the best part is they have this available in English, which is always a bonus. And it's usually hard to find a crowd forecast calendar that is in english i think it's one of the only ones there's other ones out there but they're only in japanese so these guys are awesome all right so this is for the week of july 24th 2017 and you know what it's starting to pick up um it's starting to get hot uh kids are out of school people are going on summer vacation so the last week of july starting to pick up it's going to be about 50 out of 100 during the week at both parks so it's it's not terrible but it's busier than it has been lately it's getting there it's getting there it's it's going to start it's going to get busier the week after um into the weekend we have our very our typical weekend crowds so nothing new and exciting there it's going to be about 90 out of 100 that's very typical so there you go very easy very easy (laughs) All right, so I have a feeling we're going to be going, like, even though we're going through the basics in this part, I think we're going to spend a lot of time here. So we're talking about 23 things to know before your trip to Tokyo Disney Resort. Um, We have all this on the website, so I'll have a link in the show notes. It's all there. And the reason for doing this, as Patricia already kind of touched on a little bit, is we do get into the detail quite a bit. And... Sometimes, um, you know, of course, there's people that, um, you know, haven't been listening to the podcast from the beginning. You know, maybe they kind of, you know, maybe, maybe you jumped in halfway through. And, you know, sometimes we talk about things and maybe you're wondering, like, what are they talking about? Like, I don't get this. Or maybe you're confused or something like that. So we kind of wanted to bring it back a little bit and just talk about the basics. So everyone kind of has this, this really good, solid foundation to work from. And then it's only up from there. 
<laughs> so, 23 things to know. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Oh, my God. How do you okay. want to do this? Um, you start. You, you start. Want... Okay. 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 Number one. This is... <laughs> Remember, this is this is the basics, guys. This is the basics. So, number one, there are two parks at Tokyo Disney Resort. We have Tokyo Disneyland, which opened up in 1983. And then we also have Tokyo Disney Sea, which opened up in 2001. Pretty simple. There's, there, there's two parks. And um, I know, like, kind of... Um, I've been asked before too. Um, people like there's a, like there's a lot of people out there who don't actually know there's a Disney Sea. Believe it or not. Oh my gosh! What? So, yeah, it's you know it's one of those things. I guess if you've never looked into it before, or you know it's just like one of those things that just never crossed your mind. Like you know Tokyo Disneyland, it's pretty easy. But Disney mm-hmm. Sea, of course, like if you don't know, then you don't know, right? So yeah, yeah, okay. And I think another important thing to mention is um, when we say there's two parks, I think a lot of people might imagine that it's like uh, Disneyland in California where they're like directly across from each other. Or maybe if you're from the East Coast, you might think it's like Disney World where they're like super spaced apart and it takes forever to get from one park to another, like by car or or whatever. Um, They're actually within walking distance, but they're not like super close walking distance. I would say what, like 20... 20 minutes walking from the entrance of one park to the other if you walk briskly? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I would say that's about right. Like, I guess the best way to explain it is they're back to back. Right. The parks are back to back. So both entrances are opposite sides of each other. Mm -hmm. So, well, like, um, you can see the parks. Like, if you're at Disney Sea, you can actually see Cinderella's Castle from certain parts of the park. And in Disneyland, you can see Mount Prometheus, which is the big volcano. You can see that from parts of Disneyland. So it looks like, you know, they're they're literally side by side. Yeah. But, yeah, to get to them, you, their entrances are on opposite ends. And, of course, there's the monorail, too, which that, we'll talk about. <laughs> and that takes about 15 minutes from Disneyland to Disney Sea on the monorail. Mm-hmm. So it's close, but it's not. I guess the best way to put it. <laughs> Oddly enough. Um, number two. I'll let, I'll, uh, I'll let you do this one. Okay. Number two. Tokyo Disney Resort isn't actually in Tokyo. <gasps> I know. Out. I know. And, and I know this well because it's actually in the city I live in. The city of Urayasu in Chiba Prefecture. Yay, Chiba! Peanuts <laughs> and stuff and yummy shellfish. <laughs> Um, But it's very close to Tokyo. It's like literally one station away from the edge of Tokyo. So it's really close. It's like on the border, you know, Mm. but it's actually in Urayasu. So shout out to all my Urayasu people. (laughs) And also, too, I guess, you know, um, it would sound kind of strange if they called it like chiba disney resort or something like that it, it doesn't, doesn't really have roll. the same ring no, <laughs> no. It, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as tokyo disney resort so yeah yeah so technically it's not in tokyo it's in the next prefecture or next province over but it's so close anyway like doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> um so that's number one number two number three park tickets buy your park tickets ahead of time 
Yes. We've stre- we've stressed this on the podcast many, many times, and we're going to stress it again. Um, if you can, buy your tickets well in advance, if you can. Uh, you can buy them right through the official website. Um, I, I know people have had issues with the official websites, and people haven't, so it's kind of... Hit or miss, I guess, if it's going to work properly, because sometimes credit cards don't work. But for the most part, they do. So you just kind of have to try it out. They are getting better, thankfully, um, with that whole online system thing. But um, that's the first thing you should do. Um, if you do book your ho- like your Disney hotel, um, you can actually buy your tickets at the hotel if you want, because if you're a Disney hotel guest, you're guaranteed admission. So you can buy tickets, you know, at, at, um, you, you can buy your tickets at any time. So there's no worries about buying them in advance. Um, but you can also buy your park tickets at the Disney, at most Disney stores in Japan. So as an example, the Disney store in Shibuya that sells, uh, the tickets. So if you're staying like in the Tokyo area, you can go there and buy your tickets ahead of time. Um, and then also we uh, offer tickets through our affiliate, Kluke, which I know we've mentioned many times before on the podcast. Um, they do offer a very small discount. It's not a lot, but it's better than nothing. Um, and we also have an exclusive promo code that you can use, and I'll put that in the show notes if you want to buy your tickets through Kluke. They offer a one-day and a two-day ticket. And the big reason why we say buy your park tickets ahead of time you don't want to waste that time waiting in line to buy your tickets. Yeah. You you want to be in the park as soon as it opens so you can knock off all the most important things in the park straight away. You don't want to you don't you don't want to spend that time waiting in line to buy your park tickets. So, do them ahead of time. Do them ahead of time. Um, number 4. Number 4. Okay, number four, there are, okay, this is like, I know it's going to sound like a no-brainer, but there are Disney hotels and non-Disney hotels. Um, And yeah, like this is like the same around the world. Um, Our official Disney hotels are, um, there's three at the resort and there's two off-site of the resort, which is kind of weird. So we have Tokyo Disneyland Hotel, uh, Hotel Miracosta, and the Ambassador Hotel. Right. And those are kind of like your big three and they're really nice and fancy and lovely. And then we have, um, I guess, like our version of moderates, uh, which are actually located um, not in Maihama. It's actually record, uh, located one station away in Shinurayasu, um, which are the two. It's kind of like they're under the same name, but they're two separate buildings like complexes so one um they're the celebration hotels and one is discover and one is oh what is the other one called wish wish okay i mean it's some kind of disney buzzword i was gonna say dream or something like that but yes discover (laughs) and wish okay um and uh those are moderates they're uh so they're missing uh some of the amenities of the main hotels but you get the same perks at both you get the early entry um you uh i'm not sure that wish and discover you can get the park tickets that are not uh day, the day so our tickets you have to use them one day after the other uh unless you're staying at one of the disney hotels which you can um you can mix and match the days or you can park hop um so i'm not sure if those are available at celebration hotels do you know um i believe they are yeah right i feel like they would be okay 
Um, so at those Disney hotels, you can do that. Um, and of course, uh, there's what what are the other hotels like the the uh, official hotels is what they call them. Yeah, so there is a number of them, but there's two that most people uh, stay at, and these are the ones that we recommend. Is the Hilton Tokyo Bay Hotel? Yeah. Um, that one's that one's a fantastic hotel, and also the Sheraton Hotel. And those ones are super easy to book. And if you're like, you know, on their, their, um, uh, if you're part of their rewards program, of course, you know, you can, you know, if you have free nights and stuff, of course, staying there is a no brainer, right? Um, and the good thing with these hotels, the official hotels is they're right on property. They're right on the monorail loop and you get a lot of perks as well. So you're also, you're also guaranteed entry into the parks. So just like the Disney hotels, these official hotels, um, you're guaranteed entry. So you don't have to worry about park tickets until you get until you get to the hotel. So you don't have to buy them buy them ahead of time if you don't want to, which is fantastic. You also um, have um, multilingual staff, fantastic oh yeah. restaurants, like really beautiful restaurants. Um, the amenities are fantastic. You cannot go wrong with those at all. And if you're lucky, um, you can get them relatively cheap too. Uh, I know with the Hilton Tokyo Bay, they a couple times a year they'll have like a fifty percent off sale, so you can get like a night at the hotel for like about a hundred dollars a night. It's ridiculous, you guys. Which is really good. So if you want to compare it to a Disney hotel, the cheapest Disney hotel um, is the Celebration Hotel, and that works out to about three hundred dollars a night. And that's they, the they cheapest. Actually, I think they lowered the price on them. Have they? Last yeah. I checked, it was three hundred. I don't know. Maybe because it's peak season, they should not be three hundred. I'm sorry, that is so, ridiculous. So yeah, with the Celebration Hotel, and then the the uh, the cheapest deluxe hotel is the Ambassador, and that works out to about three hundred and sixty dollars a night, roughly. Yeah. Um, and that's not cheap, and it just goes up from there. Um, like for like a single night, the hotel near Costa is going to set you back a good six hundred, six to seven hundred dollars just for one night, and that's one of their cheaper rooms. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Tokyo Disneyland Hotel is kind of in like kind of in between there. It's about five five to six hundred dollars a night. So, you know, if you can get a the the Hilton for hundred dollars a night, you know, it's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> Of course, if you if you're if you're trying to save money, of course, if you want to splurge, go for the Disney hotels because they are fantastic. And by Disney hotels, I mean the three deluxe ones. The celebration is for the price. It's a, it's it's hard to justify, to be quite honest. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. They it's like for a little bit more, you get so much more at the three main hotels. That's very true. <laughs> All right, so hotels next. Um, okay. Uh, oh, the the parks. The parks do get crowded. They do. Um, very crowded. I think we should like explain what crowded is here. Okay. So, um, I guess, like for like, it's, let's say a weekend. A weekend. Um, our weekends are very busy and very crowded. Um, 
up like up until you know maybe about the last couple years almost every weekend it would be at capacity but the last few years it hasn't happened that often but um it still gets very busy and by very busy i mean like on the weekends you'll see wait times three to four hours on the most like the the major attractions so you'll you'll see like a three-hour wait for monsters inc and maybe a two and a half hour wait for Pooh's Honey Hunt, and you'll see a three hour wait for Splash Mountain, and a two and a half hour wait for Big Thunder Mountain, and then you'll see lines for everything, like restaurants, washrooms, everything. That's a very crowded day, and that could be a little bit of a turnoff. I I totally get that, totally do. Um, do you have anything to add to that? I would also say if you're thinking it's going to be like a place like California where the fast passes uh, are available all day, it's not. Um, If it's a crowded weekend, they could be gone by the afternoon. So to give you another idea of just how crowded it gets. And in some cases, they'll be gone within an hour of the park opening. Right. Like in in, uh, Toy Story Mania's case. Yeah, over at Disney Sea, That one is... As of now, it's still the most popular attraction at Disney Sea, surprisingly enough. Um, so the fast passes for that go very, very quickly, especially on the weekends. Usually within an hour or two, they'll be completely gone. They will cut off the line for fast passes and you have to wait in the standby line. And that can get up to like three, three and a half hours. You don't want to do it, you guys. You never no. want to do it. And that's why you <laughs> listen to this podcast, because then you know what to expect. <laughs> of course um and then for uh, of course we always advocate going on the weekdays the weekdays are not as bad um depending on which disney resort you've been to before um it may still feel a little crowded for you um because the parks here hold quite a few people so even during the weekday it may feel crowded but in reality, that's it's not as bad as it would be on a weekend. So I guess to kind of give you an idea, on a weekday, like maybe like on a peak period or peak time, um, like maybe you'll see uh, Monsters, Inc. at maybe 90 minutes or maybe like, you know, between 60 minutes and 90 minutes. Pooh's Honey Hunt, probably about the same. Yeah. Um, Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain always has a high wait time. I think just because they don't put a lot of they, it's hard to put a lot of people through on that attraction mm-hmm. quickly. So that one usually hovers, you know, maybe ninety minutes to two hours. Yeah, like that one. That one always gets really up there, and then you know, Big Thunder Mountain as well. Like it might hover around an hour, hour and a half, and then at, at Disney Sea, um, you know, for for a slower day, Disney or uh, Toy Story Mania. If you see it under two hours, that's a good sign that it's not that busy. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's it sounds crazy, but it's true. If you see it under two hours, that means it's not a bad day. I feel like um, for most people, they're like, oh, my God, 60 minutes. But for us, we see 60 minutes for Toy Story Mania. And we're like, wow, it's not crowded at all. This is wonderful. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a very good gauge to see how busy it is in the parks. Um, and for Tower of Terror... You know, you know, between half an hour and an hour, that's mm-hmm. typical. Um, and with um, 
Nemo and Friends Sea Rider on a non like a not very busy day, maybe thirty minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a little higher. And then uh, you know on the weekends it's gonna be much higher. Um, and then Journey to the Center of the Earth about the same thirty to sixty minutes. You know, so it's it's not terrible. It's very manageable, especially if you're there early. You're going to be totally fine. Okay, number six. Six. It's not as expensive as you think. So you hear us talking about the hotels and we're like, oh, yeah, a Disney hotel is like whatever, whatever amount of money. It's like super expensive. But you know what? It's actually not that bad, right? Um, There's lots of options. You can, um, so hotels are one thing, and we, we gave you some options for hotels, right? Cheriton and Hilton and, like, some of the other hotels in the surrounding area have some really decent prices. Um, food is not so crazy. Why? Uh, because in the U.S., um, you have to tip, right? You tip everywhere. You have to tip your server, the sommelier. You have to tip everyone, right? Um, but here there's no tipping, so what you pay, what it says on the menu is what the price is and uh, tax is already included. So you don't have to adjust for tax or anything. So that is the straight price, okay? Um, not just for uh, the food, but also for merchandise. When you see the price on the tag, that's the price that you pay. Um, so yeah, you don't have to like kind of like adjust for that. And you know, so it's, um, it's not bad, right? Uh, then um, merch, sometimes merch is on sale, right? Uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, and something that started fairly recently here, um, which we never used to have before. Maybe um, you have that in the U.S. parks right now, which is kind of, it's nice. It's a nice uh, perk. Um, on top of that, what else? Uh, snacks. You can snack throughout the day. We talk a lot about food here. Um, not every meal has to be a sit-down restaurant, right? You can snack, and the snacks are fairly affordable. Um, like what, like five seven dollars at the most ish you know um compared to the u.s parks i would say that's that's very comparable uh you can also let's say you you want to go cheaper you can go to a convenience store um there's one at the station there's uh there's some in the hotels you can grab like a rice bowl and bam you're set it's super easy it's quick um so there's options both uh that are part of your park going experience and there's options if you if you want to uh, save a little money. You want to go to a convenience store if you want to go to Expiari and eat at Saizaria, which is like a cheap Italian restaurant, like super cheap. Um, what do you think, Chris? Like, what are what are some like value options? Well, to kind of give uh, people a sense, so like a counter service meal, typically it's under a thousand yen or just just around there. So that's about. You know, just under ten dollars for a counter service meal, which is pretty good, I think. And what's um, included in a counter service meal to give them an so, idea? So you'll get your entree, and depending on the restaurant, you may get um, like a side would be um, fries, and then also a drink. And so you go for ten dollars. That's pretty good. Um, of, of course, there's there's some counter service restaurants that are a little bit more expensive, but also you do get more food on top of that so it, it, it may include a special dessert or some of the special sets that they have like you know the seasonal food mm-hmm. uh, some of those are sometimes a little more expensive but you know it's nicely themed it comes with a you know decent portion size and stuff like that so the food is very affordable um and like 
a uh, box of popcorn is 310 yen, which is just under $3 US. Which is pretty cheap for a snack, I think. Especially like theme park food. Yeah, like something for like something like that you could easily charge $6 or more. Especially with all the popcorn flavors we have. Like you you like they could be charging double and people would still pay it. Like, and speaking of, like, parks that charge more, I felt like the food options at Universal Studios, the price for food was much higher. Oh, yeah. It felt it, it felt much higher. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing that they do fairly well at Tokyo Disney Resort. Like, it's still, like, theme park prices, but they're fairly manageable theme park prices. Yeah. And, like, I think one of the reasons for it is, um, well, number one, portion sizes in Japan are usually smaller. So some of the meals, you're going to feel like maybe you're not getting a lot. Like, um, as an example, the French fries and the drink are definitely going to be smaller than what you're used to from um, the US or, like, uh, you know, Western countries. So that is one thing to keep in mind when you're, you know, when you're ordering food. <laughs> Is the portion sizes are a little bit smaller, so the price the price kind of reflects that a little bit. All right, um, the monorail. Let's talk about the monorail. Number seven. Our monorail is themed regularly, so we have a monorail that uh, connects from the train station, which is you know a little like hop, skip, and a jump away from the the train station, uh, Myhama Station. And you get on the monorail, and that'll take you to Disneyland and also Bayside Station, which is the station that has all the official hotels. And by official hotels, I mean the Hilton and the Sheraton and the other official hotels, and then also Tokyo Disney Sea Station. So you can get on there, ride the monorail. Uh, the thing with the monorail is it's not free. Um, you have to pay for it, and the reason for this is you know, it's a Japanese law. It's just if there's, you know, a thing that transports people from one place to another, you have to pay for it. So that's what it is. But the monorail, we have themed monorails, which is fantastic. Love it. <laughs> Agree. And even the tickets are themed, you guys. They're like themed to seasonal events. How cute is that? Collect them all. And you can even get like a pin, like a like a monorail pin. What? And to find out how to do that, check out the website, tdrexplorer.com, and do a search for monorail pin. Yeah, go on there, and we have all the instructions on how to get a, an exclusive monorail pin that you cannot buy anywhere else. But yeah, the monorail, there's Mickey, like the Mickey handles, the Mickey ear handles, and then depending on the season or what's going on, there'll be a different theme monorail. So like right now, we have the Nemo and Friends Sea Rider monorail. And in the past, we have, like, the Christmas monorail. We've had the Duffy monorail. The um, Duffy we've had monorail Hall was epic. That was everything. That was life. That, yeah. That's what that was. And then we had a Halloween one. And we had a 15th anniversary one. So there's, there's always something going on with the monorail. So make sure you check it out. For sure. Um, number eight. Both parks have unique attractions that you're not going to find anywhere else. Heck yeah. So, what do they have at Disneyland, Patricia, that's um, unique? So, I know, like, you're like, okay, you're going to say, oh, we have Monsters, Inc. We have a, a Monsters, Inc. attraction, but it's unique to here. Um, it's actually really cool. It's interactive. 
Um, it's uh, it's got its own unique story. It's called Monsters Inc. Ride and Go Seek uh, because you're playing hide and go seek in Monstertropolis or whatever the city is called. And um, <laughs> you get flashlights and you make stuff happen. So it's really cool. We have Winnie the Pooh's Ad Adventures. What is the attraction called, Grizz? Help me out here. Pooh's Honey Hunt. Pooh's Honey Hunt. <laughs> okay. Um, it's trackless. And it's like, oh my gosh, you guys, it's super insane. Like, again, this is another one that I'm like, oh, we have to ride Winnie the Pooh. And, and my friends are like, no, we don't. And I'm like, no, no, you do. You don't understand how much you do. And then they do and they're like, wow, yes, we did. <laughs> you have to ride that attraction. It is insane. It is so immersive. And um, it's like nothing you've ever ridden before. Uh, we have... Mm -hmm. What else do we have that's unique? Um, okay, so it's not exactly unique, but it's kind of unique. Um, Country Bear Jamboree. We have seasonal overlays, and it's still long, unlike the, the edited version at the U.S. Parks. So you can check that out over here. We also have Stitch, like a Stitch Tiki Room. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, you forgot about that, right? Yeah, the Stitch Tiki Room. And also in Adventureland, um, our Jungle Cruise is a bit different from the other Jungle Cruise. It's got like a kind of like an interesting, unique scene in the temple, which you can only see at our park. And it's got music and it's got a nighttime and a daytime version. And there's also a castle thing, but it's not that good. So you don't have to do it. <laughs> OK, you can do it. It's, so it's like a Cinderella. Um, it's like a walkthrough, but it's like, mm. There's some stuff for you to look at, but it's not like super, super, you know. It's there. It's there. <laughs> um, is there anything um, else that we're that I'm missing? Um, no. Everything else, uh, all our other stuff is you know clones from other parks. So right. Um, okay, oh, so over at uh, Disney Sea, yeah. Um, we have a few. Uh, we have Raging Spirits, which is unique. Uh, it's a roller coaster. It's a very tame roller coaster. So don't go into it expecting, you know, this, you know, intense roller coaster. It's not by any stretch of the imagination if you're a roller coaster person. It's still, it, it, it's still fun though. Uh, Sinbad Storybook Voyage, which is a dark ride. And just as a warning, the song will get stuck in your head. It, it will. will. And it's probably one of the best dark rides. It's just, it's so well done. And that's one of the things you definitely have to do. And the best thing about it is it rarely has a wait time longer than five or ten minutes. Super easy to get on. It's almost walk on all the time. Um, and then we have... I'm just kind of like walking through the park in my head. Um, would you consider Magic Land Theater? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's definitely unique to our park. And it's really cool. It's like a mix... So yeah. Of 3D and live action. Yeah, and it's in the Arabian coast, and it's, you know, Aladdin-themed in a sense. Like, it has it has an original story, but it's tied in with the genie and everything. So, it's a fun show. Um, and then, of course, we have Journey to the Center of the Earth, which is one of the best attractions at Disney Sea, And it's unique, and you're not going to find it anywhere else. So, you, you know, without giving too much away, you have to ride it. Trust me. You'll love it. For sure. Um, and then we have the brand new Sea Rider, Nemo and Friends Sea Rider, 
attraction, which is a really cute attraction. Uh, it's a little simulator and everything. Uh, we, we've we given our full review on past podcast episodes, but um, it's a family-friendly attraction, so kids will love it. And if you're a fan of Finding Nemo, you're going to love it. It's a it's a great attraction. Um, we have the Disney Sea Electric Railway, which is a beautiful way to see part of the park. It doesn't go all around the like doesn't do a circuit around the park. It goes between Port Discovery and American Waterfront. And you get to see a lot of the scenery around the park. Uh, then there's also the Disney Sea uh, Transit Steamliner, which are the boats that actually, if you get on, if you get on the proper one, it'll do a complete circuit around the park, which is actually pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and then it's this is not completely unique but our tower of terror has a unique story and has details that you're not going to find in the other tower of terrors which i guess would just be walt disney world and paris now well i mean there's kind (laughs) of like the guardians of the galaxy is still like the same same ride system system right but yeah but like i would i would compare it to that it's like a totally different story it's not even like twilight zone it's it's so yeah i would say it's unique for sure and they also do a seasonal overlay in the winter called tower terror level 13 it's extra spooky Uh, and i think i think that's all well you know there's also the um attractions in uh mermaid lagoon it's all little kid attractions i wouldn't say they're I wouldn't say they're like unique in a sense. Like, I guess they're unique in the sense that they're themed to Little Mermaid, but they're you know very family friendly attractions. I would say you know, the to... playground is like a fantastic attraction. Oh yeah, that's that's right. It's like you're in a like a shipwreck area Absolutely. under the sea. So that so yeah, if you're a big fan of the Little Mermaid, you're gonna love that. And speaking of like those kind of like exploring and. Um, and and just like looking and finding all those different things, Fortress Explorations and the Leonardo da Vinci Challenge um, is also unique to here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gondolas are unique to here. Oh yeah, the go- how could I forget the gondolas? Jeez. The gondolas. Uh, wait, I feel like we're forgetting one more. Uh, oh oh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Oh there, yeah. I mean, I that know too. that exists in other places, but it's different. It's totally different. So you have to write it. I think that's it. You know what? But just do everything at Disney Sea anyway. Yeah. Don't skip anything. Well, maybe, maybe, Toy, maybe, Story. maybe, maybe Toy Story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number nine. Number nine. We still have paper fast passes. That's right. We have, we have not converted over yet. I don't know if we are. No idea. We have no idea yet. But. We still use the paper fast passes. You scan your park ticket. It's a QR reader. You just scan the little QR code on your park ticket and you get your fast pass and your return time and all that is printed out in Japanese, but also in English. So no worries there. Um, Keep in mind with the fast passes, they're very strict on the return times. You have to return within your window. If you, if you get there too early, they're not going to let you in. And if you come afterwards they're probably not going to let you in um the only exception is if the attraction broke down during your time frame or or it was down for an extended period of time then they will honor it outside of 
your allotted time if it comes back up. So, all right, uh, number 10. <laughs> We're taking a long time to get through all these. We can do this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> number 10. Number 10. Um, Tokyo Disneyland Electrical Parade is their best parade as of right now. <laughs> it's a phenomenal parade. It's so good. It's a monster parade. It's insane. It's over. It's like, what, half an hour long if you sat and watched the entire thing? Yes. Yes. And it's worth sitting through all of it. So sit through all of it. No, seriously, you guys, do not leave in the middle of the parade because you will get death glares. And it's so rude. Please don't leave in the middle of the parade. If you're going to sit through it, sit through it. If you're not, stand to the back. <laughs> it's okay. true. But it's and worth also, sitting through. And they also, we get updates to this parade every few years. So they just added some more floats, you know, this month, actually. They added a new Frozen float, and they brought back an older um, Be and the Beast float, but they updated it, and they also updated the Cinderella portion as well. So they're always constantly updating this parade, which is fantastic, because, as we said, it's their best parade. And we'll cover that in a later podcast. Uh, so stay tuned for news about those updates. Okay. Um, number 11. Tokyo Disney Sea offers unique shows on water. Ooh. And if you want to find out about one of those shows, check out the podcast before this, where we talk about <laughs> the really cool pirate show that they're doing for summer. Yeah, so what they do is in Disney Sea, there is the Mediterranean Harbor, which is the main area of the park. And they they do a variety of shows. They'll have like different barges and stuff that come out onto the water. And they even do Fantasmic on the water and everything. So whatever you see there is unique to Disney Sea in some way, shape, or form. So make sure you make sure you watch the shows that are that are happening there. Um Number 12, seasonal events for every season. We always have something going on. It's like it's almost weird going to the park when there's not an event going on. Yeah, it's it's weird. The park feels it, so pure. It does. It just feels <laughs> like it's like it's like I've never like I forgot how this looks without an overlay. Right? Am I right? You know? Yeah. So, um Let's start with, I guess, let's start from January and move our way. So January, we have a probably the shortest event, which is New Year's, which happens usually from January 1st until the 5th. So it's a very short event, but they do the, like, they do the whole thing. They do shows, merchandise, food, all that in a very, like, in, in a one-week span, they do an entire event with all this stuff. And then right after that, uh, we get into winter. Um, the past few years, it's been Sweet Duffy at Disney Sea and Anna Nelson's Frozen Fantasy at Tokyo Disneyland. And this usually goes on from January until March. And then come April, uh, that's when we have Easter. And we have a very, very long Easter at both parks. This usually goes from April until June. Very odd, I know. Trust me, we've heard it. <laughs> and then... Between Easter and summer, we have Tanabata Days, which is the Star Festival. And this is a shorter event. Um, it's gotten longer over the years. Um, it's sitting at about three weeks now. This past, uh, past year, it was three weeks long. And then we get into summer. 
And right now uh, we have the summer events at both parks. We have the Disney Pirates Summer at Disney Sea, and then the Disney Natsu Matsuri, which means Summer Festival at Tokyo Disneyland. Then after summer, we go right into Halloween, which lasts from September until the end of October. And then right after that, we get into Christmas. Then we do Christmas. And then once Christmas is over, it's New Year's. And then we do the whole cycle over again. It's a busy year. So if you're visiting, there's a very good chance that you're going to be hitting a seasonal event. Um, there are like little breaks in between in, in between most of the events. There's like there there might be a week or two um, that there might be nothing going on, but there's a good chance you're going to be visiting during a, a seasonal event. Uh, number thirteen, snacks. Oh my goodness, we're gonna have to go through this quick because I know if we don't move quick, we're just gonna talk about snacks for like the next hour. I know we can't do that. Okay. <laughs> the snacks are adorable. Seriously, if you go on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like you're going to see, like if you see a cute Disney snack, chances are it's from here. It's true. <laughs> it really is. It's, yeah. it's a good chance. It's, there's so much cute food. Like probably one of the most recognizable things is the green alien mochi. That's probably probably the one one of the things that people know first when they see Tokyo Disney Resort. Yeah, I agree. There's just, there's so much. We could sit here for an hour talking about it. There's the mochi, and then they'll have like Mickey-shaped ice cream bars, which I know isn't totally unique, but um, we have that here. And then we'll have like um, food that's themed to the season. So Mm -hmm. we'll have like pumpkin-shaped rice or skull-shaped rice or, geez, I don't know. So many things. There's just... It's ridiculous. It's never ending. It's never ending cuteness. Everything is hyper themed, whether it's the actual food itself or the act or the packaging of that food, you know? Yeah. It's very hard to find something that's plainly themed. Exactly. And speaking of food, number 14, popcorn game is on point. We have so many popcorn popcorn. flavors and the popcorn buckets. (laughs) You know? Popcorn buckets. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh. It's never okay, ending. really, really quick. What is your favorite popcorn flavor? Honey or cappuccino, which we don't have anymore. Oh, it's gone. It's oh. gone again. Okay, it's mine. Twice. Well, since you said honey, usually I go for honey, but since honey's only at Disneyland, okay, I'm gonna say black pepper. <gasps> That's a good one. Black pepper. Oh my goodness, so good. So really quick, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and say the flavors off the top of my head. Let's what? see if I can remember. Okay. okay, curry, salt, soy sauce and butter, honey, black pepper, milk chocolate, white chocolate. Uh, the, some of the limited time flavors right now is barbecue and urban tomato. I feel like I'm missing one. I don't know. I feel like you got is that it. All? I think I got them all. Okay, yeah. good. Good enough. Good okay. enough. Close so enough. many popcorn flavors. And they're always changing, you guys. So if you see a flavor that you really want to try, try it quickly. Yes, because it may not be here the next time you come back. All right. Number 15. Mm. Themed counter service restaurants are brilliant. And they really are. Um, Whether it's the Queen of Hearts restaurant, uh, completely themed to Alice in Wonderland, or like you're eating at at the Miguel's Cantina, where there's an adventure awaiting around every corner, like pirates playing uh music you know <laughs> um, 
Like, what are some of your favorite of the themed restaurants, Chris? Probably my absolute favorite is Camp Woodchuck Kitchen. Yes. It has that that has that whole like camping cabin outdoorsy summer camp feel, and I I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, What about you? What what's a favorite of yours? Mm, Oh my gosh, Um, I like I like all of them. I really like um, the sit down, the table service restaurants. I really love Blue Bayou. There's something about sitting and it's always nighttime with lanterns lit and pirate boats going by i think there's something really cool and romantic about that Ooh, i have to agree with you on that one <laughs> um other ones uh like if you want to eat under the sea you can do that in mermaid lagoon or if you want to eat with royalty you can eat uh indian curry which is just japanese curry but they call it Indian curry um, over at the Casbah food court in the Arabian coast at Disney sea. And you can pick, you can eat on the Royal side or the peasant side. I so love you can that. pick, you can pick to be rich or poor, you know, whatever you, whatever you're feeling that day you can do. Um, there's just, if like, if you're looking for a theme counter service restaurant, both Disneyland and Disney sea have excellent excellent options you're not going to be dis- disappointed Ooh, trust gra- me grandma sarah's it's like oh, little Critterland. it's 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 kind of like eating in splash mountain in a sense pretty much Hmm. um number 16 table service restaurants at tokyo disney sea aren't fantastic yes yes they are and no tipping oh my gosh it's amazing <laughs> no tipping and you get probably the best service you're going to get in any disney park Absolutely. Anywhere. Because Japanese customer service is top notch and Disney Sea is no different. Brilliant. And we like we've talked about restaurants a million, million times. Like Magellan's is fantastic. Um well this is not really a table or a table service restaurant, but the Teddy Roosevelt Lounge is brilliant. Uh restaurant Ristorante di Cantaletto. Um and if you want to go over to the hotels, we have the Oceano Buffet. We have the Sherwood Garden Buffet. There's Chef Mickey. Um, there's the Dreamers Lounge. Like, there's just, there is no shortage of places to eat. And they all have delicious food. And you're going to find something that you love. Trust me. So many things. Um, number 17. Oh Tokyo Disney Sea is the home of Duffy, Shelley May, and the birthplace of Gelatoni and Stella Lou. <laughs> it's a fluffy, fluffy paradise. They're they're slowly taking over Disney Sea, aren't it's, they? It's getting a little scary, you know. I and I know it's still like limited to the American waterfront area, but that's a big area. I feel like I I like them constrained. I liked it when they were constrained to, like, Cape Cod. <laughs> you know? Because I like the characters. And it's not like, you know, I know, like, Duffy is controversial. Some people love him and some people hate him. I, I like them. I like the characters. I think they're cute. I mean, I don't think you have to carry Duffy everywhere. You know? And, but but I like... They're adorable. You know? But, like, okay, like, let's let's contain it. Let's contain this. <laughs> okay? Before it spreads all over the place. We don't need their world domination scheme chum- coming true. You know what I mean? 
Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Anyway. And I like We're that not it's ready limited for it. to Disney Sea. You know, at least it, you know it, it should be at least somewhat contained. So, if you're a fan of any of those characters, Disney Sea is the only place you can buy their merchandise inside the park. You can't buy this merchandise anywhere else. So keep that in mind if you want some Duffy, Gelatoni, Shelly Mae, or Stella Lou merchandise. Only get it inside Tokyo Disney Sea. Speaking of merchandise, number 18. Huge variety of merchandise. Just like the seasonal events, we get merchandise, new merchandise, like on a monthly basis. <laughs> like it's it's like just constantly. It's so in. hard to keep up with. It's so hard. Like, so like if like if I can give you one piece of advice for merchandise, if you see something you really want, buy it because I guarantee you it's not going to be there the next time you come back. I, I agree, a hundred percent. So we have merchandise that is um that coincides with the seasonal events so all the events we talked about already but there's also just like new merchandise just just because like every month we'll have something new that comes out and it's usually something themed to like the season so they'll you know right now they'll have stuff that comes out that's kind of summery and then the winter they'll have stuff that's you know coincides with winter or valentine's day or you know like something like that so there's always something new to look forward to and another thing to spend your money on. <laughs> number, number 19. Sorry. Oh, what? No, I was like, I was going to say number 19, but you said it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Number 19. The parks are spotless. They're so clean. The parks are so clean. Like Japan in general is very clean. Like Many parts of Japan are just nice and spotless. People take care of things, and it's beautiful. The parks are no different. The parks, like, to me, like, if I drop something on the ground, I probably would still eat it. Like, if, if I, I could. Know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, whatever. Five-second rule. I'm good. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the parks are very clean. And people, um, locals, are very mindful of making messes that Everyone cleans up after themselves. Um, so, in general, the park is very clean, which is magnificent. Love it. Um, number 20. Guests sit for parades and shows. So, that's one thing you're you're going to notice right away. Um, especially for the parades at Disneyland. Uh, you're going to see a lot of people are sitting, which is... Which is brilliant in my mind. I love it. And what do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's a reason for this. There is specifically assigned areas for sitting and specifically assigned areas for standing. Okay. Um, and just, we've said this before, um, but just to let you know, if you are in the sitting area, you have to stay sitting on your bottom. You cannot be kind of like a little higher than the people behind you. You have to be on your bottom. So if you if that's something that you cannot do, you need to watch from a standing area. Because I know the cast have been having a lot of problems with that with um, international visitors. Uh, and, and just because the rules are not clear 
um, and there's no real easy way to communicate those rules. So uh, just be aware of that. And um, if if you have any doubt, ask a cast member. If they don't speak English, they will find somebody English uh, who speaks English to answer your questions. And also, too, um, you take off your hats. Like if you're wearing any like hats, like Mickey ears or anything like that, uh, you do remove them. So that way you're not you know blocking the view of anyone else around you. And of course, if, if you're in a sitting area, like no kids on the shoulders, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, folding of your uh, your your stroller if you have one. Yes. All those things. And kids also have to be seated. I know they're short. I know sometimes they're wriggly, but they do have to stay seated during the show. And it just makes for a pleasant experience for everybody, really. Yeah, it, it works out lovely, you guys. Trust me. Trust me. Come to the dark side. Come to the side of organization and order. You'll <laughs> love it. <laughs> and also, um, you'll notice guests use these picnic sheets or leisure sheets, as they call them. Um, you can get these plastic sheets. Um, they sometimes sell them in the park. They're a little overpriced in my mind, uh, but you can get them at most convenience stores or even um, our our version of dollar stores, our 100 yen stores, uh, like Daiso, uh, Can Do, and there's a whole bunch of other ones, but they'll also have them, and they'll have them for like a, a dollar, basically. Um, or if you don't have any of those, you can also use a park map, a makeshift park map to sit on, too. Even though we just said the park is spotless, you know, people still sit on these sheets. Number 21. The cast members are marvelous. The cast cast members, they really do make the park. Um, everyone is so helpful. And they're, you know, you can tell they really want to be there. They really want to make sure you're having... A magical time, lack of a better term. Um, and even if they don't speak English, they're going to do everything they can that they're going to make sure that you have a pleasant experience. And if there's, you know, if there's some communication problems, they will try and find someone that speaks English to help you out. If, you know, things are, you know, kind of need to go further than just pointing at things. They're amazing. You know, they have a hard job. Like, I think all Disney cast members around the world have a hard job. I mean, people are on vacation. People, especially at Disney parks, can be really demanding or kind of crazy, you know, and they deal with it with a smile every time. So, um, yeah, props to the cast members. Um, I think it's a really tough time for them right now uh, just because there's been like a really sudden increase in international guests and there's not always a clear way to communicate with them when there's um, when there's a misunderstanding and and sometimes they they they've been running into a lot of problems right now I I it feels like um, looking around um, but they do they handle it with a smile they handle it with Disney professionalism they are their look is always on point like when you see a Tokyo Disney cast member that costume is always sharp and pristine and the Disney look is is perfect you know uh, even on hot ridiculously humid summer day <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true that's very true um but yeah you guys will really enjoy your experience with them um and that experience uh like let's say a park like disney sea number 22 tokyo disney sea is breathtaking and it absolutely is 
Um, it's one of the mm-hmm. most beautiful theme parks. It may be, if not the most beautiful theme park in the world. Yep. There is a reason why it is the one of the best theme parks in the world. And we could talk about it till we're blue in the face, but you have to experience it for yourself. It's really hard to really hard to explain. You have to visit it because you really are immersed in in another in another place in time when you enter that park. It's it's like it's like a full immersion and it's just the attention to detail. It's like like you until you see it you can't understand it, I feel. Like like my husband loves to point out like at Disney Sea, like even under the bridge where nobody will ever look like they have like the the like little barnacles attached and they have like the the water damage like painted on like nobody will see that but it's there you know and um mm-hmm. it just just those little things that that make that overall experience it's you have to go and you have to see it if you're a disney fan at one point in your life you have to come to tokyo disney sea yeah it better be on your bucket list <laughs> And then last but not least, number 23, Tokyo Disneyland is worth visiting. Because I know uh, um, I've had people ask a lot, like, is it worth going to Tokyo Disneyland if I've been to the one in California? I've been to the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, been to Paris. And yes, Tokyo Disneyland is worth visiting, 100%. I mean, whether it's the unique seasonal events unique attractions unique merchandise because disneyland merchandise is not always sold at disney sea and vice versa um you you have to visit it like it really should be part of your plan when when visiting the tokyo parks Mm-hmm. you will not be sorry trust me <laughs> all right so that's 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 it for our list so hopefully hopefully this gives everyone like a good base good base to work from okay i feel like i feel like this whole list was like a park tip but we're gonna have another park tip (laughs) (laughs) this is a good this is actually a really good park tip oh my goodness i put my my blood sweat and tears into this one (laughs) well not really but um so our our website our podcast has grown so much over the past few years like we have so much content out there and it's kind of hard to find all of it it really is because there's so much out there and sometimes you don't know what you like you don't know what you want to look for right because there's just there's there's just so much out there so what i've done is i've taken our best articles videos and podcasts for all three of the Disney parks in Asia, so Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong, and Shanghai. And I've compiled a long list of all this best content in one spot so you can easily browse and find all the relevant information that you need without having to sit there and sift through all these articles. So you can find it right in the show notes. Uh, I'll have a link there, but it'll also it's also... On the front page of the website, tdrexplorer.com, and you'll see the button that says start here. You click on it and go from there. And you'll be sitting there for hours reading, trust me. So make sure you kind of, you know, clear out your afternoon if you're going to start planning. (laughs) 
So that's like a that's like a mega tip. It's a mega tip because like, it's so much information, but I think it's really valuable information, and you guys should all check it out. And make sure to bookmark bookmark it because we'll we'll continuously update it with you know new content that we create, um, and, and that'll include you know our our articles, but also our podcast episodes too, and our YouTube videos. So it's like it's it's like everything. Everything you need to plan. <laughs> and um, speaking of you lovely listeners, we have a listener question from D, who writes, uh, we arrive at noon and plan to spend a half day in Tokyo Disneyland, especially uh, to watch uh, Dreamlights. Uh, by then, would we be out of fast passes? So um, it depends. It depends on what day of the week you're going. Um, if you're going on a weekend, it's quite possible that fast, the majority of fast passes will be gone. Um, if there are fast passes left over, more than likely it will be for Star Tours. Um, those, even on a weekend, tend to last until a little bit later in the day because the fast pass ticketing machines are a bit separated from the attra- attraction. So a lot of guests don't know where it is. Um, the other attractions you might possibly see fast passes for, especially on a weekday, would be Haunted Mansion um, and then Space Mountain and then Big Thunder Mountain in that order of likely availability. So you'll probably see Star Tours um, latest in the day, Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain in that order. What do you think, Chris? I agree with you. <laughs> 100%. 110%, actually. Um, one thing I will add on to that. Um, if you want to uh, kind of check the wait times on the day that you're going, like if you want to do it like ahead of time, like let's say you're going on a, on a Tuesday, then maybe you want to open up our wait time app, TDR Now. Same name as the podcast. Um, it's on iOS. It's on the App Store. Just type in TDR Now and you'll find it. And just kind of watch how the fast passes go throughout the day. Um, it might be a little hard if you're in a completely different time zone, uh, like if you're in the U.S. So you're kind of going to kind of have to figure out the time difference to kind of watch the times. But um, kind of, you know, uh, check the times over the course of the day, uh, kind of like what Patricia does for everything. I'm uh, a maniac, be very... I know, but <laughs> yeah. trust me, it works. There's a reason why I'm a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Patricia; she knows what she's talking about. I went to Universal Studios Japan. I did everything I wanted to do during a peak season, and it works out. It believe me. Do the research ahead of time. Thank you so much for your question, Dean. I hope uh, I hope we we answered it for you. <laughs> All right, so that's it for our ninety third ninety third yeah ninety third episode. We're getting really close to hundred. That's exciting. That's really exciting. That's I love exciting. that. We need you guys' tips. Ooh. We need we need what you want us to do. Tell us, you guys. Yeah. Episode hundred is coming up really quick. Yeah, we don't know what we're gonna do yet. So let us know if you have any suggestions. Send it to us. Uh, contact at tdrexplorer.com and also just any general questions in general <laughs> general questions in general there we go um 
Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Give us those five stars. And if you know anyone that is planning a trip to the parks over here, you can send them our way. Tell them to listen to our podcast or read our website, watch our YouTube videos. We have we have something for everybody. We have a lot of content. Uh, you can find us on our website, tdrexplorer.com. Also on Twitter and Instagram at tdrexplorer. And also on Facebook, facebook.com slash tdrexplorer. And again, I'm going to plug our Patreon goal. Remember, 500. if we reach our goal of $500, we will do an extra episode per month that will go for every go to everyone it'll be a little mini episode where we just answer questions from you guys for a good 30 minutes so if you want to do that make sure you pledge to patreon i'll have a link in the show notes and if everyone pledges a dollar that listens to the show we'll be more than we would we would beat that quite easily so i'm one of your hosts chris the chief content editor of tdr explorer and I'm the one that's going to be going, probably having some more pirate cocktails at Disney Sea. And joining me, as always, is the beautiful Patricia. Um, I'm swearing off the pirate cocktails. They have an <laughs> insane amount of sugary syrup in them, although they do taste amazing. Uh, but I will be drinking some straight rum. Because that's okay. <laughs> Less carbs. Uh, and you um, you can find me at Dream Sweets Love on Twitter and on Instagram. And you guys, we love you. Keep exploring. And see you next time. All right. Until next time, explorers. Bye.